Hi, everyone. Welcome to the new Grief and Rebirth podcast, Rebirth Series, where I will be chatting with special, inspiring people who have grieved, met their challenges, chosen to heal, and have experienced the blessing of rebirth. This new Rebirth Series is inspired by a comment from my son made while I was on my healing journey after my precious husband died next to me in a tragic car accident. Mom, he said, there has been nothing worse than seeing you in total despair and nothing better than seeing you able to have joy again. From my heart, I wish this for each of you. Be sure to give a listen. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very, very well. I'm speaking to you from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey, excited to have this opportunity to interview Dimitri Gelfen, a writer and director whose daughter inspired and helped him from the other side to create the movie, My Two Fairy Tale. Dimitri will be speaking to us today from Voorheesville, New York. A classically trained pianist, originally from Minsk, Belarus, Dimitri was 15 when he arrived in Albany, New York with his parents. In 1993, he graduated from Albany High School and in 1997 from the University of Albany. He made his way into cinema via theater, his play staged off-off Broadway, and in 1998 at the Eugene O'Neill National Playwrights Conference in Connecticut. Dimitri's first films were shorts, which he wrote, directed and scored, and his most recent, Shade of Music, drew accolades at festivals and aired on Seattle Public Television. In May 2017, Dimitri's 17-year-old daughter died after her car crashed into a tree. But she's been with him in the nearly three years since, Dimitri says leading and guiding him as he wrote and directed the film she inspired titled My True Fairy Tale, which Dimitri calls an uplifting tragedy. I'm looking forward to talking with Dimitri about his grief journey, which includes the creation and production of My True Fairy Tale. This is going to be one fascinating interview. Hi, Dimitri. Welcome to Grief and Rebirth Podcast. Hello, Irene. So great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is this is just going to be so special. And I loved your movie. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Let me begin our interview with this question. Please tell us about your precious daughter, Alyssa, your relationship with her, and the last time you talked with her just before her accident. Um, Alyssa, uh, the synonym, the synonym for, to describe Alyssa would be love. And uh, from, the, uh, from the moment she came into this world on January 1st, 2000, being a millennium baby, uh, to the moment she departed, which was the Memorial Day uh, weekend of 2017, um, I just had a terrific relationship with her. It was more of a uh, twin relationship. In fact, Alyssa called me her twin, um, partly because we looked uh, alike, and uh, second, because we very much were very similar on the inside. Wow, that's amazing. So you were very close to her. And then she had this accident. So would you like to 
I'm sure you wouldn't like to, but please describe her accident and share what your grief journey was like after the accident. And then I just love that you had a celebration of her life. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, my, my ex-wife and I, we were living in uh, Seattle. We had moved uh, um, uh, prior uh, to this happening uh, in, in 2014 uh, in December. In, and Alyssa lived with her uh, grandparents, my parents. And uh, I visited her in May of 2017, and I took her to uh, Syracuse University, where she was. She really, really wanted to attend college. And uh, um, 11 days later, um, uh, I received a phone call from my mother um, saying that it's past nine o'clock, and since she was not yet 18, she should have been home, and uh, um, she wasn't back yet. And I, um, I wasn't really worried, but um, uh, there was a couple of things that um, felt a little strange. A uh, day before, I had a, a very quick FaceTime for less than 30 seconds with her, and I felt that she was in a dark place. Mm. And I really couldn't tell what exactly it is, but I just had that feeling. And uh, lo and behold, uh, my mother tells me, oh, I have to go. There is a police officer uh, on the driveway. Um, and then um, she was on the way to the hospital because there was a uh, crash and uh, Alyssa with two of her friends was involved in the crash and there was no details. And this is where I'm starting to get worried. And then um, I get that uh, phone call that um, um, I hope nobody ever gets. And uh, the phone call where my mother tells me, um, we don't have Alyssa anymore. And um, uh when that hits you, I mean, um, when it hit, I could tell you what happened to me when it hit me, all of a sudden, everything just came to a, a, a pause. And I, I didn't cry, I didn't scream, I started to hyperventilate because it was just, it, I, I felt like I was in a vacuum space. What a shock. Yeah, um, I, I, I um, um, immediately uh, uh, got in the car and I, I, I flew to New York because I was living in LA and I called my, uh, uh, ex-wife and I had to tell her what happened and all of us of course we met in uh, um, uh, upstate New York in Albany where uh, there was still a little glimmer of hope but uh, it was uh, fading very quickly she was uh, hooked, up, hooked up to the machines what had happened was uh, the car hit a tree and um, in the process of it Alyssa's uh, spinal cord separated from her brain and uh, um, unfortunately um, after the state exam, they had to pronounce her uh, brain dead. How heartbreaking. But you also had, after you went through the funeral and everything, you also had a wonderful celebration of her life. So within your grief, you were able to pull that together. What was that about? It, it, it's it's very strange because when I got on the plane, it all the the metaphysical phenomenon started for me when I got on the plane from LA to uh, um, Atlanta, then to New York. Um, I had this very weird sensation in my uh, left hand, and it almost felt like a paperweight was placed on my left hand. Um, and, oh, you know, I automatically thought that I'm, I'm probably uh, going to have a heart attack and this is what it feels like to have a heart attack. And then that strange paperweight fell on the right hand. And, and I said to myself, well, that can't be right. And the thought had crossed my mind that 
it is Alyssa who is communicating with me. Um, and then during my first breakdown, which happened privately, and as I was taking a shower, uh, and when we knew that uh, we couldn't save Alyssa and we had to actually make um, preparations to have her funeral, I had this very, very strong sensation. It's almost like she possessed me, not possessed me, but she was, she was telling me, hey, what would I do if I was in your place, you know, like what, and, and, and the thought that came to me, I want to celebrate my 18th birthday. And that's the only thing that I want to do. I can't wait to be the 18th. And uh, um, I want very, to Was she very close to her 18th birthday when the accident happened? January 1st was her 18th. So she was literally six months away. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, um, and at that point, I knew that there's not going to be any, any funerals. There's not going to be any bodies. There is going to be a celebration. And, and, and that's the first strange thought that came to me. And I knew I had to do this because that's what she would want me to do. And I, of course, I announced this to the family. And uh, um, I think they were in a, in a, in a place where like anything would 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 have gone whatever you say whatever you want whatever you say right yes wow and so that was like a really successful celebration of her then i mean with yeah. all the mixed emotions but it must have, but it was really what Alyssa would have wanted in fact this is exactly what we did um after the um uh funeral well after the funeral home we we went to um a restaurant and we celebrated her uh, 18th birthday and um, it was very strangely uplifting uh, in, in the wake of such grief and yes. despair. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. How did she connect with you after the accident besides the weights on your hands? Were there other ways that she connected to let her you know that she was still with you? Well, um, I, Irene, I have to tell you that I uh, started to experience the signs from the moment I entered the house. Um, the lights were flickering on and off. Wow. Um, the strange incident that happened was uh, we would be sitting at a table and the bell would ring and nobody would be there. And that's okay. It happens sometimes. So we would take the batteries out and the bell would still ring without the batteries. And it was, um, on one hand, it was um, improbable. On the other hand, that's what had to happen. And then we saw a lot of moths that came in. And in fact, um, one of the moths slept in the same room where I slept in the house, right next to me. A moth, the, the insect? Yes. Now, why a moth do you think? I, I don't know if it's a butterfly or moth, but I took pictures. I actually have detailed pictures. I don't know if I'm calling it correctly, but probably a butterfly. You think? A, a, a butterfly, a night butterfly. That's what yeah. they're. Called. I don't know if it's a moth or not. Right, right. Were you spiritual um, before all of this happened, Dimitri, or did this serve as an awakening for you of sorts? 
Um, I'd like to think that I was spiritual, but um, but only uh, I mean by virtue of uh, reading a lot of metaphysical, esoteric, uh, and spiritual literature. Um, I knew that uh, this was my uh, journey in a way, and I was fascinated with the uh, notion of uh, uh, NDEs. And I read a lot of- But for our people, for those listening, NDE is a near-death experience, just for those who yes, don't know what that is. That, that is correct. That is correct. But uh, yeah, I've, I've read several books on spirituality. And um, uh, in fact, I, try, I tried meditating, but nothing could prepare you for uh, something like this. And then from here on, it's like I really had to take it to the next level. I think it's amazing that you were reading those books. I mean, it was like, in a way, it was like you were preparing yourself for what was to come, that you were drawn to them. What inspired you to make My Tooth Fairy Tale, which you felt you had to make, as opposed to the film you wanted to make? And why did you name the movie My Tooth Fairy Tale? You know, I, um, Alyssa was such a happy person. Uh, in, in, in this present form as we know ourselves, like in 3D. Um, and um, I, I, just, I just refused to believe that she was gone. Simply from the moment I heard the news, it was just inconceivable to me. And uh, um, I set out on this journey to, to, to find her, to bring her back. And uh, um, the only way I knew how to do this was to first write her back and then to uh, make a film about her. And um, that's why I did this. And uh, um, why I named it My True Fairy Tale, because from the very beginning, I set off to write a very weird uh, genre. I wanted to write a happy tragedy. In other words, a tragedy that has a happy ending. And then um, uh, my true fairy tale is sort of also an oxymoron. There, there, there is no true fairy tales. It's either right. a fairy tale or true. And then only later um, uh, the meaning dawned on me. But all of this, um, I have to admit, I transcended um, through Alyssa and through uh, uh, the guides. That's amazing. Um you say you lost Alyssa, then found her by writing the movie. Do you want to say anything else about that? Well, yeah. Like um, I said, I um, wanted to bring her back, and I knew that the only way I could bring her back is by writing her back. And I knew that um, I was on one way, and she was on the other way, and somewhere we were bound to meet if we worked very hard at it. And uh, it worked. Oh, my gosh. How close was your portrayal of Alyssa to the personality of the lead character named Angie in the movie? Um, very close. Um, and she's a wonderful actress, the girl who played Angie. Yes, Emma Kennedy. Um, in, it was her first feature film um, uh, as, a, as a Hollywood film. And I think she just did such an amazing job and, uh, mm, and really came through as that vibrant and that lovable um, girl who is there to save everyone's world. 
Yeah, she really is their angel. Um, how did her friends, how did Alyssa's friends help you with the movie? And what did that mean to them to be a part of creating this movie with you and Alyssa? Oh, how they didn't help me. Oh, my God. I, I, how many know, of them? What was the core group of friends who helped you? Well, that's a tough one because there was about uh, 12 or 13. Wow. And, he was well-loved. Um, uh, I'm talking about very close 12 or 13 that um, uh, went and did interviews. And I wanted to become part of the gang. So I, I met with them, with each one of them, or sometimes with smaller groups. And I wanted to be part of that group. And then I wanted this film somehow to help them uh, have some type of closure. And so they wind up creating the names for every single character in the film. And um, because, you know, it, th th this is film and you cannot include everything we wind up having to mix maybe three or four people into one story and so on and so forth. And it's, uh, uh, but to answer your question, yeah, it, uh, um, a lot of them have reached out to me after the film and they, they were speechless and they were so, so, um, so honored to be part of this project and so thankful. What a blessing for them. Alyssa helped you co-write My True Fairy Tale from Across the Veil even navigating through scenes as you were writing them. What was that like? And please hear your story about being stuck with a certain scene and Alyssa giving you the resolution for that scene. Yeah, <laughs> this, is a, this is a good one because um, uh, she was with me every step of the way. Um, and I remember distinctly where the main um, things in the film, even the, the, the lines where I wrote them and how did it happen. But there's one particular scene that comes to mind where I really, really had witnessed a, a, a physical miracle in three-dimensional space as we know it. I was writing a scene uh, between Angie, the main character, and her uh, father, uh, after a fight that they had. And I, I remember was, that. I remember that well. It was very, very uh, poignant. Yes, go ahead. Uh-huh. And she, and I was stuck with the scene and I didn't know how to go forward because I really written myself into a corner. And it's been a day and two and three. And I really didn't know how to move. And all of a sudden... And I, you know, every scene I write, I write with a, a, a song or a music. I have to have some type of a musical background for each scene that I write. Well, you're a classical pianist too, so you're very connected to your creativity. I was a violinist growing up, so I know your creativity is very linked with- Yes, music. and the music helps you sort I of- I understand that very well. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, although I, I, you know, I listen to absolutely uh, separate music uh, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the scenes, and I've tried for this scene, I've tried all different several types of film uh, music, and none of it works, because I don't like to hear songs, because songs convoluted with words, and all of a sudden, the song, I don't know how, uh, something happened. YouTube um, um, starts playing on my computer, a song by Coldplay called uh, Fix You. And, and um, all of a sudden I started vibrating. I started getting those goosebumps and I knew that this 
was the line. And I knew that Alyssa had communicated to me before quite a bit through the lyrics of songs. And I knew that this one was the line. And so the line in the film became, I can fix you. I and remember. That, and that's where the scene turned into a, a different direction. I remember that so well. It was, it was such a wonderful part of the movie. It was like a real turning point. Um, what are some of the, of the many signs Alyssa's given you and others to let you all know she's still with you? And what have you received from her since the movie came out? Have you gotten a bravo from the other side? Have you, uh, have you, have you communicated with her since then? She must be very involved in this. Um, she has been, and she has been involved uh, behind the scenes as well. And uh, um, um, Suzanne Giesman always talks about the setups, and uh, uh, and she has created the setups for me. Um, she has created a setup for me uh, to meet my current wife, for example, uh, who uh, was born on the same date as Alyssa was. Who became? Oh my goodness! Yes, just so that I don't mistake, January first. Wow. <laughs> And she turned out to be the producer of the film. And without her, this film would never uh, get made. Um, uh, I am very close with uh, um, a, a friend of mine who is a medium, um, Stacy Jones, who has done a reading before I did the film and after the film, and who has uh, indicated to me that Alyssa has seen the film over 10 times. Um, wow. Personally to me, um, Alyssa speaks in two different ways. She speaks to me in holding my hands. And she had explained to me after the film has been distributed and we knew that the film was coming out um, uh, as a theatrical release. She had explained to me that holding uh, my hand meant I'm gonna walk you through this. Um, and most importantly, she had left me a deck of cards. Um, these are tarot cards, but they're very strangely tarot. They're uh, tarot cards of Oracle of Rama. And uh, um, they have an incredible rate of accuracy for me. It's a two uh, uh, decks and you just sort of pick two different cards. And um, she had predicted the whole path from the very beginning to the very end. And I still, to date, um, I, I do it at least once or twice a week. I do a reading. Wow. And by the way, for those of you who do not know who Suzanne Giesman is, because Dimitri mentioned her, she's an absolutely wonderful medium, a spiritual, metaphysical healer. Uh, and I have also interviewed her on the podcast, so you can uh, refer back to, to that. Um, for Suzanne Giesman, she's wonderful. Uh, oh, and uh, Dimitri, this is super important for everyone. My two fairy tale communicates a message about the strength of love, which is connected to being a superhero. I just love this. Please tell us about the movie, whatever you'd like us to, you know, whatever you'd like us to know, why you call it an uplifting tragedy, and also how the superhero concept connects to all of our lives? Mm, well, that's a very, very loaded question. Let it's me hugely loaded, but I really think it's the crux <laughs> of your movie. It really. Um, 
I guess I will start by saying that um, um, to me, Alyssa was always a hero. And uh, um, this film is not about her. And uh, this, is, this film is for her and uh, from her. And the message of the film is that, yes, indeed, uh, love is that superpower that we all have as superheroes. And that power of love um, could cure um, everything, including death. And it's that eternal connection, if you will, that gets you to that other side. In the, in the, for me, in a sense, with Alyssa. And while, while creating this message and while writing this film and then later making this and putting finishing touches, I realized that my ambition to make this film became more of a meaning. And the meaning is that we are all superheroes. And my true fairy tale is really not my as Alyssa's true fairy tale. It's yours and mine and everybody else. And it's, we are all heroes in our own lives. And it is up to us to make our life a fairy tale or not. And we get to say what part we play in it. Oh, I think that's beautiful because we do have choice about how our lives unfold in certain many ways. And I also love the idea that our loved ones, our deceased loved ones can become our superheroes also because they're still involved in our lives and making contributions. Wouldn't you agree? I couldn't agree more. And, you know, um, again, us being in this three-dimensional beings, just having this three dimensions communicating with the fifth dimensional beings and uh, that really have the sense of teleportation and time and knowing exactly when things are going to be set up and things that are going to happen. It's just really magnificent, uh, magnificent to see unfold. Yeah, it really is. Working on my two fairy tale brought you even closer to Alyssa. In what ways do you feel, I mean, you had an amazing relationship with her before the accident. How do you feel you're even closer now? Um, In a way, I feel that um, she guides me. She um, she tells me uh, things. She she tells me how to do things in the right way. And when I say in the right way, um, I mean um, things that have meaning and things that help people to see things in a better way. In, um, in other words, if I could summarize it, how to give as opposed to receive. Wow. And um, I have to ask how your family members reacted to the movie. I'll bet you had for 10 family members, you had 10 different reactions. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I have to be honest with you that, um, yeah, it's um, not only family members, you know, some uh, I haven't uh, um, I haven't heard from some of Alyssa's close friends who were very close to me before the film, and um, uh, 
also, I uh, have not heard uh, from uh, uh, my ex-wife, Alyssa's mother. And uh, that is not a bad reaction to me. To me, it's, uh, you know, I respect everyone's grieving process. And uh, whether they liked it or they didn't choose to be part of that, uh, to be part of this process, it's, it, I totally have to respect it. On the other hand, people that have embraced it, um, uh, they, they were speechless and they, it really resonated with them. Uh, and um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super, super um, blessed to have That's that. Wonderful. Um, you have described Alyssa as a new wave soul. What does that mean? I'm, I personally have never heard that expression, Dimitri. So, share, uh, please. You know, um, I will be honest with you that uh, I uh, I have heard this from uh, two different sources. There is a, there is a Kabbalistic source, uh, and, and you know, uh, Kabbalah's uh, teachings of uh, uh, they say it's Jewish mysticism, and uh, um, I have heard it from uh, Dolores Cannon. What's um, Dolores Cannon? So Dolores Cannon is, uh, I believe, she is uh, somebody who did who did uh, uh, past life transgressions, and she's quite famous, and uh, she's written several books on the subject matter, and uh, she talks about uh, uh, three waves of volunteers, and uh, uh, one of the waves of volunteers uh, is the uh, the third wave. Uh, the indigo children um, or uh, children of the souls that come in um, for the sole purpose of um, um, uh, teaching us something and then sort of uh, going back to where they came from. And we don't know, maybe it's another planet or it's another dimension, but uh, in, in a different uh, uh, space. And um, to me, Alyssa, uh, from the very early age, um, all the way to her uh, departure, mm-hmm. she felt like she she was not she was almost um, not human. And I, um, I in the way that she was so loving and and like a, a more mature for her age, perhaps or. Um, you know, it felt like she would give you a wise advice. Uh, and sometimes that advice would come jokingly. And after all, she was a teenager and she would get in trouble as a teenager too. But her advice was so motherlike and so wise that sometimes it made me wonder, even if she said that sarcastically. Um, now, you know, all those little um symbols her dressing up on Halloween always angel um always um always um having butterfly purple butterflies near her um um, in fact um in, in fact and two hours before the accident happened she was at the airport watching the planes fly and uh, a a spot where she went quite a bit. Um, And I think um, uh, deep inside, um, 
she knew that something related to um, um, an accident would happen to her because she had a very strange fascination and nobody knows about this, but uh, my family um, and her fascination was to sit sometimes for hours on YouTube and look at the plane crashes. Oh, and, wow. Yes, and she had this fascination, I wanna be investigator. I wanna know why this happened. And that always was very peculiar because there's really no school for this type of thing. The cannabis, but there isn't. But um, every time I would bring up a spiritual subject with her, she would always brush it off like a, uh, like a was shaman woman. She would say, oh, why would you want to talk about this? No, you don't want to know your future. Why would I want to know that? Um, and in a way, she would give such wise advice to me, whether it was for business or whether it was spiritual, that sometimes it really boggled my mind. She was mature way beyond her years, knowing Indeed. she had a knowing. Tell us about the reward, the awards my two prairie tale has received, and what's the path it's following. Ooh, um, well, and, it, and tell us all. <laughs> well, when we when um, uh, you know translating a script into a, a film is. Um, not an easy undertaking. And especially if you do it in Hollywood. So there's a lot of films that get made, um, but you know, my, my, my goal from the beginning was not to sell this film and make ton of money. No, I, I didn't even think about this. All I wanted to do was, I wanted to have this people, uh, to have this film seen by as many people as possible. That's the only thing that I had in mind. And- um, You had a message to share. Exactly, exactly. Right. And uh, um, right off the bat, we, we, we got rejected from very big festivals from like Cannes, from Venice, but the film was, the, the, we, we hit it right at the um, COVID. When the COVID started our film, we completed our film. So um, nobody wanted new films at that time. Everybody had to deal with COVID. And so we wind up having this film and uh, all of a sudden nobody, uh, like we, we don't know what to do with this. And uh, um, uh, miraculously, but not so miraculously. Maybe not such an accident, right? <laughs> um, um, a, a, a company called the Circus Road Films uh, and a man by the name of Glenn Reynolds uh, came to rescue. And uh, he has a production company who uh, produces and sells films. Saw uh, a trailer for the film and asked to see the film. And he said, you know what? I think you have something very special here. And I think I can help you sell this film. And um, meanwhile, we're waiting to hear from the festivals. And then within two weeks, we had uh, multiple offers from uh, uh, pretty prestigious companies. And uh, we decided to go with Gravitas Ventures, a, a big production, a, a big studio a distribution company that uh, puts those films out there into the world uh, because they uh, saw in the film what I was hoping um, a film distribution company would see. Uh, and uh, um, I knew after I had gotten off the phone with the acquisition team that uh, this was a right home for the film. Keep in mind, uh, the film did not appear at any of the festivals then. And Venice said no, and Kana said no. And so we, we, we thought we, we, you know, it's, it's just going to go out and it would have this limited theatrical release. And this is fantastic, wonderful. And all of a sudden when 
uh, distribution uh, was finished with the film. We've heard uh, from one of the biggest festivals in the States called CineQuest, who wanted to have our film as a premiere in, uh, um, I think it happened in March. And then, uh, um, then uh, top 50 festival, Julien Dubuque in Iowa um, accepted us and nominated us as the best feature film. Um, and we actually wind up doing that film in, in April in person. It was the first festival in person in the United States. Uh, they had flown us down to uh, Dubuque, Iowa, and we did not win, but it was nominated as the best. Oh, my goodness. And, and it came out um, everywhere and all the platforms on uh, uh, April 9th um, of this year. You must be thrilled. You, you know, it, it, it's it's astounding. I mean, it's 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 an honor to your daughter and, and it has such a wonderful message and it's starting to fly. It's just wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, I, I really understand that. Um, Dimitri, how would you say the theme of your movie, My Two Fairy Tale, is connected to your message about the importance of healing for all of us? You know, healing is a choice. It's, 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 um, you have to, you have to sort of, you have to sort of take a chance and you have to take a very drastic change, chance. Because when something dramatic like this happens in your life, you have to take a dramatic choice. And I'm simply talking about myself right now. I was faced with two choices. I could either go into drugs, get into alcohol or other dark things. And I said, I could always do this, but let me try to do what I haven't done before. Let me and I went a little drastic, stop eating meat. Let me start meditating every single day. Let me start to see if this thing is real. Let me try to connect to that other side. And in a way you set off on this journey and it almost becomes a tale told by Joseph Campbell, a hero with thousand faces, so he, a journey of a hero. You have been summoned to take a journey and you become a journey, a hero in your own story. And it's a very, very tough story that you have to tell because you have to go through a deep forest or deep water and you do not see the other side, but you will get there as long as you have faith. And when I say faith, when you let things go, because that's what the meaning of faith is. Because once you let things go and allow things to happen and have trust and faith in the universe, the things will magically manifest themselves to you. Well, I think that part of what you're saying is there are so many people who are attached to control and part of healing is to let go and to, and to uh, 
to let yourself be guided and to be and tuned in to what is what the messages that are messages that are coming through to you. Exactly, on the three dimensional level, the worst thing has happened. It could only be better. You have hit the rock bottom. What a great way to look at that, really. So now everyone wants to connect with you, Dimitri, and they all want to see my truth fairy tale. How do they find you and how do they find the movie? Very, very simple. MyTrueFairyTale.com is the easiest way. Uh, if you forget that, um, um, our uh, uh, publicity team and distributors did such a phenomenal job that if you go into Google and you just type in My True Fairy Tale, um, everything will pop out. It's available on every major platform right now. And uh, we're hoping that within uh, the next 60 to 90 days, uh, it will be available uh, to a wider uh, audiences on the bigger platforms. That's marvelous. And to get a hold of you, do you have a specific website or is it myteachfairytale.com? Is that your website also? Um, it will go directly to our production team. If you do want to get with uh, me personally, you could uh, email uh, us at info at purple light pictures, purple light pictures, one word.com. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, and Dimitri, what is your tip for finding joy in life, which I think you found in many ways? Um, surprise yourself. Um, try to go a little bit beyond your comfort zone and try to see things differently. You know, um, um, Lao Tzu has this uh, great, uh, 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 the author of Tao Te Ching, which happens to be one of my top three favorite books in the world. Uh, uh, he has a fantastic message. Uh, when you change the way you look at things, things you look at change. And um, I think you will surprise yourself um, when that happens. Wow, that's wonderful, very profound. You know, I've seen your wonderful movie, My True Fairy Tale, and I really, truly love its message about our deceased loved ones becoming our superheroes through the power of love. Surely, many in our Grief and Rebirth podcast audience now want to see My True Fairy Tale with this important message about the lasting power of love from beyond the veil. Dimitri, thank you from my heart for this really special interview. Thank you and, very much, Irene. Oh, my pleasure. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on irenweinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. As I like to say, to be continued, many blessings. And bye for now.